Home is a unique thing to ponder for a follower of Jesus. God has given you a new home in heaven that's going to be greater than you could ever imagine. But what does that mean right now? Today, Pastor Daniel will remind you that while you should always be looking forward to your eternal home, God has given you a place to dwell here on earth. You're meant to be rooted and make a difference for the kingdom while you're here. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Joshua chapter 18 with part two of his message, Tying Up Loose Ends. With Solomon's son, Rehoboam, and then Jeroboam, you get the split in the kingdom. Almost right away, all you really know about is Judah and Israel, or Judah and Ephraim. The two largest tribes end up taking up all of the identity of the people. And so when that all goes on, it's almost like this text inspired by the Spirit is laid out in such a way that takes this into account. Because you have Judah in the south and Benjamin, they were the two southern tribes, but almost right after the division, all you think about it is Judah. Benjamin gets subsumed into Judah. All of the northern tribes, all of them get subsumed into Ephraim or the descendants of Joseph. So you almost completely lose identity very, very quickly with their, their tribal heads. So with that being said, let's look at the inheritance of the land of Benjamin in verse 11. It says, now the lot of the tribe of the children of Benjamin came up according to their families. And the territories of their lots came out between the children of Judah and the children of Joseph. Their border on the north side began at the Jordan, and their border went up the side of Jericho on the north and went up through the mountains westward, and it ended at the wilderness of Beth-Avon. The border went over there toward Luz, and on the side of Luz, which is Bethel, southward, and the border descended to Atroth Adar, near the hill that lies on the south side of Lower Bethharon. And the border extended around the west side to the south from the hills that lie before Bethharon, southward, and it ended at Kirjath Baal, which is Kirjath Jerim, a city of the children of Judah. This was on the west side. The south side began in at the end of Kirjath Jerim, and the border extended on the west and went out to the springs of water of Nephtah. Then the border came down to the end of the mountain that lies before the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is in the valley of Rephaim on the north, descended to the valley of Hinnom, to the side of the Jebusite city on the south and descended to En-Rogel. And it went around from the north, went to En-Shemesh and extended 
toward Gilathoth, which is before the ascent of Adumim, and descended to the stone of Boan, the son of Reuben. Then it passed along towards the north side of Arabah and went down to Arabah, and the border passed along the north side of Beth Hagla, and the border ended at the north bay at the Salt Sea, at the south end of the Jordan, which was the southern boundary. The Jordan was its border on the east side. This was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin according to its boundaries all around according to their families. And then in verse 21 and 28, you get the list of all the cities. Now the cities of the tribe of the children of Benjamin according to their families were Jericho, Beth Hagla, Emekaziz, Beth Arabah, Zemarim, Bethel, Avim, Parah, Oprah, Sephor, Hamoani, Afni and Gaba, 12 cities with their villages, Gibi and Rama, Beroth, Mizpah, Chephera, Moza, Rechem, Irpil, Terala, Zela, Eleph, and Jebus, which is Jerusalem, Gibeah and Kirjath, 14 cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin, according to their families. Oh, praise God. You guys are kind. No, it's moments like that that you're like, I'm just so grateful I'm not Fusco preaching Joshua right now. So a couple of comments about all of this. Now, I think what's interesting is, although the landmass of Benjamin was not the largest of these seven tribes, it does get the most details. Really what you find is they start by telling us that really Benjamin is north of the tribe of Judah and south of the descendants of Joseph. So it's in that in-between, between where Judah ends in the south and Joseph begins in the north. And what you find is their north side is the southern border. So the northern border of Benjamin is the southern border of Ephraim. The western side of the boundary of, of Benjamin belonged to Judah as well. So they had Judah going around the west side. And then the south side, the southern boundary of Benjamin is the northern boundary of Judah. What is probably the most fascinating is if you notice Benjamin's land allotment, a lot of these cities we talk about a lot in the Bible, don't we? Like, don't miss the fact that the city of Jerusalem is in the tribe of Benjamin. Jericho is in the allotment of Benjamin. So you have a lot of these cities that we have talked about. Bethel, where God met with Jacob. That's in the tribe of Benjamin. So all these places, it's very unique. And so we have all of these areas. And I didn't want to miss it when I read it. I made a mental note to make sure I remind everybody that there's a lot of discussion about the bordering. And this is in, uh, in verse 16. The border came down to the end of the mountain that lies before the valley of the son of Hinnom. You guys notice that? Normally you'd read that, you wouldn't even think about it. But the word, the valley of the son of Hinnom got contracted to be Gehenna, which modern Bibles translated as hell. And so really what went on is the reason they called the Valley of the Son of Hinnom is as you get later into the Kings and the Chronicles, this man Hinnom was sacrificing his children to Molech. So child sacrifice in that area. And God was so angered by it that he said, I want that to be the incinerator for Jerusalem. That's where the idea of hell being a place of continual fire and burning. Gehenna, for the people who lived in Israel, was known to be the incinerator. 
It was the place where all of the garbage that was taken out of Jerusalem was perpetually burning. And that's where the vivid picture of what hell is comes from biblically. So Gehenna, anytime you read about Gehenna or hell, think the valley of the son of Hinnom. That's where it comes. And that's in the just below Jerusalem, right? You go down the mountain into the valley below. I mean, it's funny as we think of a mountain, think of if you've ever been to Israel and we're, we're going to take a trip at some point. We keep talking about doing it. You know, we'll, we'll take a trip there and we'll go visit these sites. When you think of like Mount Zion, you think of like Mount Hood. It's not like Mount Hood. It's like the mountain in your neighborhood. You know, you can like, you have to walk up it, but it's not like an enormous hill. We would call it a hill. They would call it a mountain. It's not a huge thing. And so you walk down from Jerusalem and now it's a beautiful park. I mean, after all those years of burning and refuse and all this stuff, you know, it's, the land's quite fertile. So it's a beautiful green area. But it, Back in the day, it was where they dealt with the trash of the city. So all of that is the tribe of Benjamin. And of course, you get all these discussions of these different towns. You know, you get 12 cities on the east side, which is verses 21 to 24. And then you get 14 other cities on the west side. Okay, now going into chapter 19, it says this in verse 1. The second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of the children of Simeon. And according to their families, and their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. They had in their inheritance Beersheba or Sheba, Molada, Hazar Shual, Bala, Azem, El Talad, Bethul, Horma, Ziklag, Beth Markaboth, Hazar, Shosha, Beth Lebothah. I'm just going to make them up going forward. And Sharohan, 13 cities in their villages, Ain, Ramon, Ether. It's probably Ether for saying it right, but Ether is a. A gas, I guess. And Ashan, not this one though, you know what I mean. Four cities and their villages and all the villages that were all around these cities as far as Balath Be'er, Ramad of the south. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Simeon according to their families. And the inheritance of the children of Simeon was included in the share of the children of Judah. For the share of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of that people. Now, what's interesting is now what we find is Judah got such a large portion that all the towns that were given to Simeon were first given to Judah and now they're being reallocated to Simeon. Now, what is interesting about all of this, if you remember the blessing that Jacob gave to his sons, Simeon and Levi, that the descendants were destined to be scattered among the 12 tribes as a punishment for the revenge that Simeon and Levi had taken against the descendants of Shechem. You guys remember that story? And was it Genesis 34? Do you remember when there was the whole thing with Jacob's daughter and the Shechemite? And they said, well, if you guys want to be in our family, you all got to get circumcised. And then all the guys said, we'll get circumcised because the king said they had to. And then Simeon and Levi went in and killed them all. I mean, you, see, if you guys think the Bible's boring, you're boring. The Bible's awesome. This is like a great, crazy story. I mean, think about this. There's this thing goes on where the descendants of Shechem, he sees one of the daughters of Jacob. He thinks she's beautiful. And he ends up getting his groove on, so to speak. And all this bad stuff goes down. And then when they find out, they're so mad that they're like, well, we have to fix this. And they're like, well, if, we're, if this is going to be the case, if you're going to marry my daughter, you all need to get circumcised. And they're, and they're like, yes, we're all going to do it. We want to be family with you guys. And then everybody was hurting. And Simeon and Levi went and they killed them all. 
And so Jacob's response to that was literally when he was blessing them, says, you're going to be scattered amongst your brothers. And what's interesting is right here, we find out that Simeon gets land in Judah, and there's almost no recollection of the tribe of Simeon after this. And the Levites, of course, because God was their inheritance, the Levites got cities scattered throughout all the 12 tribes. So you have this blessing and prophecy completely fulfilled. And what is interesting is by the time you make it to 1 Kings 19, Beersheba, which was given to Simeon right here, is called Beersheba in Judah. So by the first book of Kings, all of Simeon's land is considered Judah's land almost immediately. So from there, you get Zebulun in verse 10. The third lot came out for the children of Zebulun according to their families and the border of their inheritance as far as Sarid. The border went toward the west and to Marilah, uh, went down to Dabatheth and extended along the brook that was east of Jachnaim. Then from Sarid to the east toward the sunrise along the border of Chishmoth Tabor and went out from Deborah bypassing Japhia and from there it passed along on the east to Gethafer toward Ethkazin and extended to Rimon which borders on Neah. Then the border went around on the north side of Hanathon and it ended at the valley of Jiphtath El. Included were Kata'ath, Sha'alal, Shimron, Adalah, and Bethlehem, 12 cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the children of Zebulun, according to their families, these cities with their villages. Now, Zebulun was the younger brother of Issachar, but notice he received his inheritance first. Now, we've talked about this a lot. Ephraim received his inheritance as the younger brother before his older brother Manasseh. And you find this as being a common theme. And I've talked about this a decent amount. Now, a couple of things that I want to bring out now as we're kind of in the middle of this. And, you know, you can see why this is kind of a challenging text as a teacher. You're like reading lists of names. Now, there's a couple of things I'm thinking. One, I think that the names of our cities are too boring. Don't you think so when you read this? There's such great, unique names and everything's like Jonestown. Marysville. Now, I'm cool with Jonestown. And if your last name is Jones or Mary, I'm not knocking it. But like you could have like a cool city name. So I think that we should all just rename Portland and Vancouver like some good biblical names. So I have my own ideas, but I'm not going to share them with you guys. So that's the first thing I think. But the other side of this, and I think it's important to interject this, is that for us, even if we were looking at maps, you're like, okay, these are just allotment of land. Like, is this really important? But every family has a place to call home. Like, that's part of what this is about, is that God has a people, and he wants that people to have a place to call home on this side of eternity. Knowing that it's not our forever home or our ultimate home, but a place that we can say, this is my space. This is where life happens. And, you know, I think we're living in a day and age that we're losing that sense of home, you know? And I know that for Lynn and I, with our kids, we're, you know, we had been pretty nomadic as a, as a couple. We'd moved around a lot. And when God called us here to the Northwest, God really said, I want you to put down roots and I want you to establish a home. Because when a family has a home, then you make memories in that home. And Lord willing, they're good memories. And you see the growth of what God is doing. And even though our culture is losing its sense of home, the people of God should never. 
Because the children of Israel, they had been waiting for this. Like this had been the thing that God had promised. And now they're getting a chance. And you can imagine that they're like, oh, Judah's got so much. And, you know, we don't have that much. But it's like, you have a home. And God wants you to have a place that is the place where you blossom. And the place where you go. Like we want Crossroads to be a spiritual home for people. It's one of our greatest desires. We want this to be a place where people can come and they can grow and they can grow their whole life from when they're babies all the way until the time when God takes them home that people can grow in this place. But in our very transient culture that we have now, it's a great gift, isn't it? But many of us feel completely uprooted. There's no roots anywhere. And when you have no sense of rootedness, Physically, it's hard to have a sense of rudeness spiritually as well. Like, we find ourselves having no sense of rudeness. Now, of course, there is a unique balance because the Lord wants us to always remember we're citizens of two homes, right? We're citizens of this earth and heaven. So we have a dual citizenship. And we don't want to get too comfortable here. But at the same time, we don't want to act like there's no sense of rootedness here because if you see in the scriptures... There's always a sense of rootedness. Like the children of Israel had a place. And when they didn't have a place, they were longing to go back to their home. And by the time Jesus comes, the church is organizing in such a way that there is a strong sense of home. Where they belong. The people who know them and who they walk with and who they grow with. And we can miss that in this long list of names and where this thing is and and this thing is over here and these guys are over here and all this kind of stuff. But really what you find is God has given them a place to call home. Now, as we continue on, verse 17, the fourth lot came out to Issachar for the children of Issachar according to their families. And the territory went to Jezreel and included Chethaluth and Shunem, Haphraim, Shihon, and Hazaroth, Ribith, Kishion, Abez, Remeth, and Ganim, and Hadah, and Beth Pazez, and the border reached to Tabor, Tabor, as we have in our area here, Hajasamim, and Beth Shemesh. These borders ended at the Jordan, 16 cities with their villages. This was their inheritance of the tribe of the children of Issachar according to their families and their cities. So Issachar lies east of Zebulun, also south of the Sea of Galilee, what they called in that in the time of Jesus the beautiful valley of Jezreel. It's also a noted battlefield that will go on there. In verse 24, you get the tribe of Asher. So the fifth lot came out to the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families. And their territory included Helkath, Hali, Beten, Axaphath, Alamelech, Ahmad, and Mishael. It reached to Mount Carmel westward towards the brook Shihor Libnath. It turned toward the sunrise to Beth Dagon, and it reached to Zebulun and the valley of Jibthath El, then northward beyond Beth Amek and Neiel, passing Kabul, which is on the left, including Hebron, Rehobah, Hamon, and Kana, as far as the greater Sidon. And the border turned to Ramah and the fortified city of Tyre. Then the border turned to Hassa and ended at the sea by the reason of Axib. Also, Uma, Aphek, Rehob were included. 
22 cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families, these cities and their villages. Now, what is fascinating here is that really Asher's territory was on the western slopes of the mountains in the Galilee region, in the north. And so really all the coastal lands off the Mediterranean, Mount Carmel, Tyre, and Sidon, all of these were given to Asher. Now what's interesting is we don't hear a lot of Asher because it really had a very strategic place to protect greater Israel in the north from the Phoenicians. So you almost don't hear a lot about Asher. Tyre and Sidon become places that are not occupied by the children of Israel. There's always an enemy force there. But you don't ever forget that when Jesus was born, Anna the prophetess, as well as Simeon, were from the tribe of Asher. So the people who met Mary and Joseph in the temple and celebrated the birth of Jesus were from this tribe in the northern region. Then you get the tribe of Naphtali. Verse 32, the sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali. For the children of Naphtali, according to their families, and their border began at Heleph, enclosing the territory from the terebinth tree of, there's a lot of A's and N's in that word. Azananim, Adami, Nekev, and Jabniel, as far as Lakum, it ended at the Jordan from Heleph. The border extended westward to Asnoth Tabor, and went out from there towards Hukoth that had joined Zebulun on the south side and Asher on the west side and ended at Judah toward the Jordan toward the sunrise. And the fortified cities are Zedim, Zer, Hamath, Rakath, Chinnereth, Adamah, Ramah, Hazor, Kedeth, Edrei, and Hazor, Aran, Migdal El, Horem, Bethanoth, and Beth Shemeth, 19 cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Naphtali, according to their families, the cities and their villages. And so the territory given in Naphtali laid between Asher and then the Jordan River. Now, what is special about this land? You almost won't even realize it by reading the list, but this is the Galilean region where Jesus did the bulk of his ministry. So you realize that Naphtali out of the seven, they're the sixth lot chosen. But what's amazing is if you read the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah speaks in Isaiah chapter 9 about the contrast of Naphtali's early gloom because of the Assyrian invasion with the glory when Jesus comes. I mean, Naphtali was the land where Jesus did the bulk of his ministry in the Galilee region in the north. Jesus is real. It's incredible to see God's plan for salvation weaving its way through the Old Testament, isn't it? Today, Pastor Daniel shared with you about one tribe's land allotment that became the scene for much of Jesus' ministry when he came to rescue the world from sin. Though the land itself knew trouble, Jesus was able to redeem it. He's ready to redeem your life too, so hand your troubles to him and ask him to renew your heart today. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio. I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus, but I actually believe that there are many of you right now as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Let's go ahead. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. 
Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources in your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400, 51400. And we'll get some resources into your hands. Now, don't go anywhere. Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. We'd love to get some resources into your hands. And the Crossroads team wants to connect with you. Join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel shares how much pleasure God takes in the details. He isn't an absentee creator who just sets up the world and then leaves you to do whatever you like. He does care about the things in your life. Throughout the Bible, you'll see him working out the small things. He wants to be there to do the same in your life. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Homestead. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.